Happy New Year, friends and neighbors. This is David Smith of Illinois Family Action with yet another special edition for our Spotlight Podcast. On the last Sunday of the year, I was able to give an exhortation at my church, and since we captured the audio, I thought we would post it here as a special bonus edition for those who may be interested. In this exhortation, I urge listeners to consider Proverbs 24:15, which tells us that a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, with the emphasis being on rising again. As we go into a new year, we know from experience that each one of us will have challenges and opportunities to be faithful and resilient. We will also have occasions where we want to simply give up. Let us resolve to rise quickly after we happen to stumble, after we fall, and get back on the straight and narrow path that God has called us to. So, without further delay, here is the exhortation. Let's just say a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for this Sunday. Uh, Thank you for what Rich has brought to our remembrance uh, in, in pointing us to you pointing us to how good you are, how faithful you are, and and that we are to take refuge in you in all things, um, and that our future um, is secure in you, Father God. So, uh, Lord, use this time now. Redeem it. I pray. Help us uh, to learn something from the the words uh, from this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. So um, I've come to realize and grow to appreciate how God has worked in my life over the years. I have uh, no doubt that he has called me, and I clearly see how he has set me and my family apart to serve and glorify him. And it's really humbling uh, to recognize this truth. The fact that I was raised in a God-fearing home with parents who faithfully attended church, at least especially when I was little, listened to gospel music, among other things, and reinforced the importance of the Ten Commandments, That all that is not lost on me. It provided a foundation on which God has used in my life to bring me to saving faith in the work of Jesus Christ and a greater appreciation or understanding of his word, his perfect will, the purpose of life, and the prize that's set before all of us as believers. So at this point in my life, I can't help but think, too, (laughs) how much further along the road of sanctification I could have been if I weren't so stubborn, selfish, distracted by sin, and pursuing fruitless endeavors. Now, one of the songs that uh, we was played in my house as I grew up, as a kid, still resonates with me today. And from time to time, it comes, just pops in there. <laughs> you know how that goes? Just pops in there. And it's been a source of encouragement to me to keep my eyes on the prize. In this song, the Statler Brothers, anyone know the Statler Brothers here? All right, there you go. Repeat the course often, which says this. I've got one more day behind me. How many are left? I don't know. But I'm getting closer to Jesus. I've got one less day 
to go. And that song brings to mind what Paul tells us in Ephesians, right? It says, See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So as we close out this year and look to 2020, it's wise for Christians to pause, examine ourselves, and consider how we've spent our time, talents, and treasures this past year. While I love the fact that as I go to bed every night, I can say, I've got one more day behind me, right? I cannot lose sight of the fact that God calls us to faithful service every day that he lends us breath. Now, the, the New King James Version tells us to walk circumspectly here. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines circumspectly as an adverb. It says, cautiously, with watchfulness every way, with attention to guard against surprise or danger. And verse 16 tells us to redeem the time because the days are evil. The NASB, N-A-S-B translates this verse, make the most of your time because the days are evil. We can punctuate that with the Statler Brothers course. How many days are left? I don't know, but I'm getting closer to Jesus. I've got one less day to go. So this month, as I look back at 2019 and consider the three major issues I resolved to tackle in my life, and if I'm candid, I have to own up to a mixed bag of results. Without going into specifics, I will share with you that on these three issues, I would give myself a grade of B on the top priority, a B plus on my second priority, and, to my chagrin, an F on the third priority. Now that leaves me with an average of a C, uh, but that's not somewhere I want to be, right? That's not good enough. Average isn't good enough. Now, to be honest, I started really strong in all three categories, <clears throat> but life happens, right? I know you can relate, right? Struggle after struggle, life's ups and downs, unexpected challenges, fiery darts and discouragement pulls us off track. Thank God that I was, for the most part, able to get back on track for priorities one and two. The third priority is a different story. Honestly, I lost heart. I quit. And that is a place I cannot stay. As someone once said, failure isn't an option. I think that's in the Apollo 13 movie, where failure is not an option, right? Well, Scripture tells us this, Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in the time of calamity. The message translation has an interesting rendering of this verse. It says this, no matter how many times you trip them up, God-loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up on their feet, while the wicked end up flat on their faces. Interesting, huh? 
Well, in this passage, we're being told that the difference between a wise man and a fool isn't determined by how many times he isn't successful, but the difference between a wise person and a fool is that the wise person gets up, or the righteous person gets up, and goes at it again, learning from the past, getting a little better, right? A little wiser, smarter, maybe more focused or determined. The fool is the person who makes that one attempt, then gives up. When they stumble, when life doesn't go their way, they want to throw up their, their, their hands in the air and quit. Sometimes we have to make mistakes and mess up. Sometimes that's the only way we learn life's lessons, what God wants us to learn. Think about a child when they're learning to walk. If they quit each time they fell, well, none of us would be walking, right? Same thing with riding a bicycle or so many other things that we have to do and that we take for granted. So if you're experiencing what you consider repeated failures, the last thing you probably want to hear right now is, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. <laughs> right? I don't want to hear that. But it's something we need to hear, right? Because we've all been there. You know, we've started Bible reading plans and they fizzled. We've made New Year's resolutions that didn't make it past the first or second week. We've tried exercising and gave that up. We started home projects that never took off. We've contemplated job and career changes but never went through with the application. We've all been there. There's times when I've kicked myself at some of the futile efforts I've made. But you know what? I have to recognize. I have to confess that shortcoming. I have to admit I messed up, but I got to try again. And in doing so, though, I should remember Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 3 says this, the plans of the, of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is the, from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. That's key. We must commit our plans to the Lord and bathe them in prayer. If we do this, we will know soon enough if our plans align with his perfect will for our lives. Our plans, our resolutions need to be led by the Holy Spirit. If we indeed want our plans to be established, and of course we want our plans to be established, we must first bring them to him, lay them down before him. <clears throat> In Isaiah chapter 30, the Lord warned Judah against making an alliance with Egypt, saying this, Woe to the rebellious children, declared the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin. Who, pro who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Right? Right? Not seeking God is not a good idea. Not consulting God is a very bad idea, in fact. So to commit to the Lord means to consult him and discuss your plans with him and seek wisdom and advice. 
And having committed our plans to the Lord, we can trust him to work in and through us for his good pleasure. And then let's not forget that God is sovereign over our plans. Proverbs 16.1 says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. God has the last word. Later in this chapter, in verse 9, there's a similar message. It says this, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. God gives us the freedom and responsibility to make choices, right? He has set before us life and death, blessings and cursings. But that brings us back to Proverbs 24, 16, which tells us, For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. To rise again after another fall, that is the choice between, before righteous servants of the Most High. I know how ex exasperating this can be. There have been times in my life, just this year in fact, when trying again seems as crazy as praying for a snowstorm in August. When we have no reason to believe in ourselves or our own feckless abilities. <clears throat> this exhortation this morning is a rally cry for me <laughs> just as much as it is for any other struggling believer. God knew that I needed to put this together today. I needed this pep talk. I needed this exhortation. And speaking of pep talk, I want to share with you a five-minute video clip. Please be patient. Uh, from the movie, Facing the Giants. And then I'll give you a little commentary on the backside. So coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I knew we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. <laughs> 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. OK. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. 
Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. It's, hard. it's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your You can! You can! Five more! Five more! Come on, Brock! Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Come on, Brock! Two more! One more! Oh. Let's go, Brock. Let's go, Let's go, Let's go. 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 You are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160. Don't quit. Don't quit. All right, so the background of that story is the, the team, the Shiloh Eagles, had not had a winning year in six seasons. Right? And as this season just began, the Eagles lost their first three games due to half-heartedness, apathy, and a defeatist attitude. Coach Taylor challenges the players to give God their best effort on and off the field. 
During practice, as you saw there, Captain Kelly verbally expresses a hopeless attitude and resigned himself and the team to another loss, right? Just uh, we're just going to lose. So Coach Taylor challenges Brock to do the death crawl drill and to give it his absolute best. And he's blindfolded and is encouraged. You might say exhorted, yard by yard, to stay the course, to give this death crawl challenge his whole heart. Think of the many verses in Scripture telling us to encourage one another and build each other up. That is exactly what the coach was doing here. And anyone who has had a good coach worth their salt in their life knows that part of their job is to push us to new heights, to inspire us to go beyond our own preconceived limits. Brock didn't think he could do 50 yards. He did 100. And isn't that what living in Christian fellowship and community is all about? And you know, Brock makes it to the goal line. Not only did he go further than he thought he could, but he astonished his teammates and the coaches in the process to give God the glory, right? It's too easy to feel as though the odds are stacked against us. To think, I'm a failure. There's no hope for me or this situation. Our flesh is too willing to buy the lies of Satan, which he wants us to cling to, that says, why? Why try again? Failure is inevitable. No, we are not to give up despite growing weary. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus and the prize of heaven. In his letter to the church in Philippi, Phil, um, sorry, Paul wrote, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Right? What do you say? He says plainly, he is confident of what God is going to do and is doing. When we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, something happened to us miraculously. Something which we can't fully explain or understand. The Spirit of God came into our lives and gave life to our eternal spirit. We were born again. God gave us new life. New life in a new way. We are no longer our own. Paul tells us God is determined to finish the job he started in us. God knows what we're capable of doing, uh, what we're capable of doing, and becoming. We are, after all, his workmanship. We don't see it in ourselves, but God knows his fearfully and wonderfully created children and the power of his Holy Spirit that resides within us. Our vision and understanding of these biblical tr truths <coughs> are often clouded by emotional, mental, financial, physical challenges, right? Or any one of the dozens of sins that we struggle with. But praise God. In 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
God loves us so much that he sent his son into the world to die on the cross for my sins, for your sins, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life, so that we could be ultimately become holy sons and daughters of the Most High. You see, what's important about this verse is the fact that God sent his sinless son into the world so that he could take on our sin. When he took on our sin and we said yes to Jesus, then God, in essence, said, great. Now when I look at you, it's as if I'm looking at my son, Jesus. Because if we're washed in the blood. That's what the back end of that verse means. God no longer views us as a sinner, but he now looks at you and I and sees the righteousness of Jesus. <clears throat> Romans 3, 10, 11 says, Before we came to Jesus, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seek after God. So before we came to Jesus, nobody was righteous. Not one person. Because we didn't seek after God. But now that we have Jesus as Lord and Savior, God now considers us righteous. A second verse comes from Paul as well, just a few verses earlier in the chapter. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. He's telling us that if we are in Christ, if we believe in Jesus, then we have become a new creation because the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we change. We become a different person who now wants to seek God and see, hopefully seek God first. That's supposed to happen, but it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, really, the rest of our life, right? But it's worth the journey because we become different and it's good. It's a good different, even if the rest of the world fully doesn't get it. So, my exhortation here this morning as we struggle with failures, setbacks, and defeats, God's call is to rise again. We are not to give up, right? 1 John 4, 4 says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What a great verse. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's part of our testimony to the world. When we get knocked down for whatever reason, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to get back up. Everyone is going to experience challenges in 2020. Every one of us will have opportunities to be faithful and resilient. We will also have our occasions where we want to give up. Sometimes life knocks you right down. But with God on our side, it can't knock us out, right? Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? The wicked are overthrown and thoroughly defeated by calamities. But the righteous place their trust in God, get back up on their feet, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, resolve to move forward. Right? Once again, focused on the prize ahead. Psalm 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Right? 
If we believe that God is with us and will not forsake us, then we have no fear. No man, no beast, no demon, no foe can thwart us. Can't thwart God's plan for us. God is bigger, mightier, and smarter than all of them. They've already lost before the battle's begun. Listen to this psalm. Psalm 37, 23, verse 39. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous, the, the righteous forsaken, or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so you will abide forever. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The Lord is always close to those who delight in him. Even when we stumble, the Lord grabs our hand and helps us back to our feet. The wicked will not be around forever, but the righteous endure and are blessed now and forever. <clears throat> Look at Psalm 34, verse 15 through 18. It says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. And delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And saves such as have a contrite spirit. Just like a mother, a loving mother, carefully watches over her precious baby. The Lord is always watching over his humble, righteous ones. And he hears them in the moment that they cry out for help. And when they cry... He hears and delivers them out of all of their distresses and troubles. Verse, uh, Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9 says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. We don't put our trust in man or in government. God is the only one who will never let us down in our hour of need. King David faced many giants in his lifetimes besides Goliath. And God delivered him every time because God, David trusted in God. <clears throat> As we begin a new year, let us resolve to rise quickly after we stumble or when we fall. Maybe we will confidently declare, along with Micah as I close... I will watch expectantly from the Lord, for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. Let's rise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are glad to say that we are getting closer to you every day. We don't know how many days are left, but we want to be found faithful to you when that day arrives. 
Father, give us strength for the challenges ahead. Help us to rise again when we stumble and when we fall. Father, your scripture is so reassuring to us when you say you hold us by the hand. Father God, help us to remember that when we're on our face, when we've got scars and bruises. Lord, help us to reach out, grab hold, cling to you. Help us to rise again. And Father, use other believers as sources of encouragement and support, Father. I pray that Christian Heritage Church would just be that kind of environment, that Christian community where we are building one another up, encouraging one another, and loving each other as we all have similar trials and challenges in front of us. Father, thank you. Thank you for being our righteousness. Thank you for giving us the strength to rise again. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.